All right, welcome back to another episode of This Week in College Football by CFB Talk Daily. I'm here with my host, Sonny. Nice to, nice to have you. What's up, man? How we doing? Uh, I am good. It's a, it's a Friday, December 22nd, right before Christmas. Currently, UCF is uh, up 14-0 on Georgia Tech. Uh, we'll visit that later. But we're going to start with recapping National Signing Day. Um, so uh, a big disappointment was Florida. I think Florida started the day at number four, and they dropped all the way down to 20th. Uh, they did land DJ Lagway and uh, another four-star defensive end, but their class really fell apart on National Signing Day. They had a lot of kids flip. Yeah, Florida definitely had one of the more disappointing days that I can remember on a signing day in a long time. But I think this is a byproduct of how good Florida State's become in recruiting. A lot of the kids that went to Florida State maybe in the past would have chosen Florida. Um, It seems like those two programs as of late can never be up at the same time. It's always like one's up, one's down. And we saw Florida State had a pretty pretty solid class this year. Yeah, I think another thing, too, is – uh that these guys right here had a, had a really good day. So I think that also kind of hurt Florida is that Mario Cristobal is in the state now. And if there's one thing, he may not be the best game day coach. Like I put out a tweet that said uh, he's a feared man on national signing day. And a lot of people were saying, if only he was feared on uh, Saturdays, which which is fair. He's not the best in-game coach, but um, yeah. They, they had a good he, day. To me, Cristobal is a difference between <laughs> a good coach and a good recruiter. Like, I think Cristobal is a great recruiter, but I'm not too sure he's a good coach, especially after some of the bonehead moves he made, you know, the the kneel when he, he should have. Instead, they run the ball and cost themselves the game. I, I kind of, this might be a little stiff, but it's kind of Charlie Weiss-ish to me. <laughs> great recruiter, but when it comes to in-game coaching, maybe not the guy you trust the most. Yeah, uh, de- definitely. I feel like, uh, that game where he should have took the knee, that really hurt his uh, any credibility he had as like a good football coach. Just that's in everyone's mind when you talk about Mario Cristobal. It's the only thing that comes up is just like, uh, is that one game? Uh, who was that? Was against Georgia Tech, right? It was, yes, it was. Yeah, I thought it was. Um, I think that was actually last year's ranking for uh, Miami. I was trying to bring it up. Uh, I also saw that Texas A and M. They had some guys leave but overall Mike Elko held their class together pretty well this guy had Ohio State fans very worried Jeremiah Smith uh there was rumors that he was going to Miami I thought he was going to Miami but he ended up signing with Ohio State uh he even pulled a little foolery he uh there was a video of him signing his NL uh his NLI and uh he didn't um he actually never touched the paper with a pen oh I didn't see that yeah 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 it was People were like dissecting it, like no, 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 it touches right here, and like there was like screenshots, like zoomed in on his hand and the pen. It was oh, good lord, yeah. I, I, no, I did. I um, hadn't seen that. One thing I did want to talk. Well, I know you want to talk about was Texas Tech. <coughs> yeah, Texas Tech is quietly building a power. Why is nobody talking more about them? I understand Texas is higher in the recruiting rankings. They did good, but the signing of Hudson, like. He should be the best guy they've had at Texas Tech since Michael Crabtree. Am I crazy for saying that? No, d- definitely not. I mean, this is a kid. I mean, you can see here the other schools he was talking about, Texas A&M and Oklahoma. Those schools put out good wide receivers. If they wanted him, he, he's he's got to be a talented kid. 
Yeah, and I mean, when Joey McGuire was first hired, people were kind of pointing and laughing a little bit, saying, oh, you know, you hired a guy that was primarily a high school coach. Why would you do that? And yeah, he spent time, I think it was at Baylor before that. But it, right now you're seeing the byproducts. Texas for anybody outside of the state is super hard to break into for outsiders. Mm-hmm. McGuire has all the connections you need to talk to coaches, to talk to recruits. He's a guy that high school coaches are going to recommend. This is a guy you want to play for. And I think we're starting to see that pay dividends. It wasn't the best year for Texas Tech this year. I would argue they were <coughs> probably the most disappointing team in the country. But look at what they're building. This is two solid recruiting classes, and I think next year is when we kind of start to see. With Texas and Oklahoma gone, there's no reason Texas Tech can't be the top dog in the Big 12 going forward. Yeah, and the thing is, too, like Texas Tech, that's a good passing. They love to throw the football there. I mean, they still do today. And like Joey McGuire, like you said, has so many Texas connections that, you know, you see this kid, Micah Hudson. Okay, he's from Texas, but if you look, he's only 63 miles from Texas and 62 miles from AM, and he still chose to go 300 miles away to Texas Tech to play with Joey McGuire. Yeah, and, and I, you touched – I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I just think that speaks dividends to how well like how well respected he is in the state that kids are telling him, hey, don't stay this close and go to Texas. Go to Texas Tech where you, know, you could still get drafted and be a great player. And you touched on how good the Texas Tech offense is, the passing offense. Zach Kitley is one of my absolute favorite assistants in all college football – because he is an air raid coach, but he's not going to strictly throw the ball. He knows when to run. He knows how to use his run game effectively. They have a solid running back at Texas Tech that just announced he's coming back next year. That's a big stay for them. I would have thought he would have transferred in the old Texas Tech days, maybe you know five, six years ago. But instead, he, cho- he chooses to stay, and it's a big benefit to them. I'm surprised Kitley hasn't gotten a look as a head coach yet, to be honest. Yeah, and I... You know, you speaking of Kitley, I think he he was the secondary recruiter on Hudson, and like you said, he knows. I feel like a lot of um, air raid coaches, like you said, they don't use their run game to set up the air raid concepts, and that's where that's where you have to run into a problem. Yeah, whenever I hear air raid offenses and think of run games, I always think of Mike Leach saying there is no such thing as balance in a fifty percent run, fifty percent pass, because that's fifty percent stupid. Yeah, okay, well, Mike Leach. I like to imagine that every time as like, he was told he had like car, like thought he had to run the ball, he like sighed a little bit inside. He was not very happy. Yeah, you know his play call just coming through the headset was all right. Just run to the left, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was no, there was no formation. There was no calls. It was just run left. And um, this was a big one too. I mean, I know you put out a tweet that Eli Drinkwitz uh, retweeted, but Mizzou had a big day as well. I really like what Missouri's doing, and I thought Drinkwitz was a decent <clears throat> hire for Missouri. Uh-huh. I wasn't expecting them to start recruiting like this, and coming off a 10-win season, it looks like they got the right guy down there. Yeah, I, I think a big thing is he just seems like the perfect fit for Missouri. You know, it's it's kind of like they're kind of – they weren't really like little brother in the SEC, but they kind of, you know, were that like misfit program. And if you look at Eli Drinkwitz, he doesn't look like you're uh, – you know, he's not like a – like one of the lineman coaches where he's like big and muscular. He's kind of like this nerdy guy. Like he almost reminds me of Mike McDaniel in a way for the Dolphins. Yeah, I can kind of, com- can, I can see that comparison. Wait, people, always, oh yeah, you go first. Sorry. People talk about Missouri as the little brother program in the SEC and they don't belong and they'll never compete. It wasn't that long ago where SC, they joined the SEC and they won the East two years in a row. 
-hmm. Now I know with divisions gone, it's going to be a little bit tougher because now instead of competing with Georgia, you have Georgia and Alabama and LSU. The entire West, I mean, any given year, those are some really good teams. You put some, you put a six-win SEC West team in any other conference, they might be a ten-win team. Mm -hmm. I know that might sound like SEC bias to some, but it's the truth. And the road is going to be tougher for Missouri now with no conferences or with no divisions. But why not them? The way they're recruiting, why not? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, especially like kids like Williams, Nawandri, where five-star, you know, by some uh, recruiting services, the number one player overall going to Mizzou. His coach played at Oklahoma. So that was a big win for Mizzou to get him. And I just think that, you know, with what they have, like this season, Brady Cook, Luther Burden, there's a lot to build on in Lakewood, Mizzou. Yeah, I thought Luther Burden should have been a Bolitnikoff finalist. Uh, uh, he was he was one of the best kids in the whole country. Yeah, I, I thought so as well. He was really good. Um, another one <coughs> that I want to talk about before we rack up the, wrap up the recruiting, just two more actually. Uh, this one, KJ Bolden. I saw that he said he had a, uh, just real quick, he said he had a bigger NLI offer from Florida State, but he chose the long-term NFL money over their NLI. That's got to hurt to hear as a school. Yeah, and hearing that he was looking long-term to the NFL, that's a smart business decision, number one. Number two, I really thought he was potentially going to end up at Syracuse. I thought they were a dark horse to land him. Um, with, with the new coach at Syracuse, I think that would have been a good match. But it doesn't surprise me that he chose to stay down south. Yeah, I thought he would have had a chance at Syracuse, too, with his friend King Joseph going to Syracuse. Um so sorry, I, I I want to wrap the recruiting up in a second, but Dylan Riola going to Nebraska away from Georgia, that was huge for Matt Rule, getting this guy. And then did you see this with Jordan Seaton? His uh his recruitment was a little wild. I just want to touch on that quick. So he last was, I last I saw he was at Colorado, right? Yeah, well, so he went on ESPN and said like, if you're not coming to Colorado, what are you doing? And then like he announced he wasn't signing on uh, Thursday, and then it was like. Um, he was, was crystal ball to Maryland, I think. And then he went on like a Instagram live and he said that he was uh, talking to Dylan Raiola about going to play at Nebraska. And he was just saying all of these things, like basically like a bidding war almost. It sounded like on Instagram live with Hayes Fawcett. I mean, I, again, good business decision, but it's not really a good way to win a win over fans or coaches. No, he ended up signing with Colorado today. So I don't know what happened, but. It was pretty crazy. Dion probably told him, knock it off. If you want to come here, come here. If not, if you're going to try to start something, then just go. Yeah. He seems like a no-nonsense kind of coach. And if he's going to, if Seton's going to try to do something like this, you know, that's just a distraction <coughs> from the program. He's putting all the attention on himself. And especially as a freshman, you're, you're still in high school at this point. You can't put all the attention on yourself over the team. That's got bad vibes written right all, all over right off the bat. And I, I think another thing, too, and this might sound a little silly to you, but I feel like as an offensive lineman, you really can't do that because offensive lineman, you're supposed to be like an unselfish kind of guy. You know, if you have like a receiver receiver who's kind of a diva, I could see it. But like as an offensive lineman, you got to work as a unit. You're all a team, like, you know. Yeah, the offensive line's supposed to be the silent leaders of the team. Yeah, you're not supposed to be having bidding wars on social media. Um, all right, do you want to move into some bowl games next? Absolutely. All right. So, um, 
<clears throat> now, in, in my ball pick'em, uh, I admittedly, well, the evidence shows that I do not know much about ball season because my picks have not been doing so well. But uh, <laughs> what game do you want to start with? Uh, I was very disappointed with how Boise blew a lead against UCLA. I was fairly confident going in Boise was going to win that game, and it just fell right apart in the second <coughs> half. Yeah, um, I think I took yeah I, I took Boise at plus two and a half, so that wasn't good. Um, here, here's the stats as you can see. Uh, you know, UCLA played two guys at quarterback. Boise, um, yeah, it's crazy. Like they were up sixteen to seven, and yep. just UCLA just turns on the third quarter. So and I, that twenty, that twenty-one nothing third quarter, like as bad as that looks, it was somehow worse than that. Boise just couldn't do anything, and UCLA was all over them. Oh, okay, can we see the drives? Because I, I was at work for this game, so I was just checking in on it. Uh, okay, so third quarter for Boise State. Uh, yeah, yikes! Just yeah, not, not, not good. Nothing, nothing yeah, at not all. Good. <clears throat> and then UCLA dies the third quarter. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. <laughs> All off three uh, punts from Boise State. That's terrible. Yeah, I mean, it was a complete script flip for UCLA. As bad as they were in the first half, mm -hmm. they turned it on and Boise State turned into a, a team that looked like UCLA in the first half. And credit to UCLA, too, early in the first half for making Boise State kick field goals. Yeah, you're right, because at the end, that also... Yeah, that could have been if that was two possessions there, that would have been twenty four seven, and then you're twenty one point. Yeah, it would have been a closer game. Yep. Um. All right. So a game I wanted to talk about was where is it? Let me just uh scroll down to it. This one right here. I think this is the first year for this bowl game. Uh, just wait for the stats to load. The famous toastery bowl. Uh, did you watch this one with Western Kentucky and Old Dominion? I did. That was a crazy comeback there, too. Old Dominion looked great in the first half and <laughs> even into the third quarter. But, man, Western Kentucky, that's the benefit of the air raid offense right there. There is no deficit that's too big. There's no deficit that's too big. Now, the only heartbreaker here for me, and I don't want to talk about me too much, but I had Western Kentucky minus three and a half. So we were so oh, close to getting it done. <laughs> by came, half a point. We came all the way back. but. Um, that's okay because uh, their quarterback, he played out of his mind in the, uh, you know, once they started to come back. It wasn't a great first quarter for them, or obviously you see they put up 21, but this comeback was ridiculous. I mean, this is an all time, when you get those ESPN classic things, this is definitely one of them for Western Kentucky. Yeah, we'll be watching this on ESPNU when they replay their top 25 games of the year. Yeah. I mean, and this was just a, a fun game. I feel like this is what bowl season's about, right? Like, you have a guy throwing for five touchdowns, and it, it was just – it was a great game. It was. It, it This honestly could be the best game we're going to see this bowl season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th that's true. Um, I, I know there's one bowl game coming up that I'm not excited to watch. That's Georgia-Florida State. I think that game's going to be a slaughter. Is there um, anybody left from Florida State even playing in that game? No, I, I think a lot it's of gonna, Florida – It's going to be like the – it's going to be the third stringers against Georgia. So many of them opted out that it's just, it's going to be terrible. Um, and I, I can't blame them after what happened with the playoff. Yeah. Uh, the next game that I wanted to bring up uh, was this one. Yeah, hold on. Let me, let me get back up. Uh, New Mexico state. 
Uh, I'm a big Jerry Kill guy. I've talked about this before. He let me down. He let me down against a team that did not even have their head coach. So that was <coughs> that was. Sad. Yeah, New Mexico State was a, a surprising team this year. They were really good, and they didn't even put up a fight. I really expected them to at least play tough, and they looked like they would have rather been anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, I saw there, there was some drama after this game, though. Did you see uh, what they were saying? Uh, um, when Jerry Kill went after New Mexico for the practice facilities? Yeah, yeah, he went on a rant, and he was like, I don't give a shit. What's, I'm going to speak my mind. I love that guy, man. Jerry Kill's earned it. He's a really good coach. He is. I mean, the fact that this team beat Auburn and then this happens is is still puzzling. But, hey, you got New Mexico State to a bowl game. So that's New Mexico State still has a lot to do to change their image in college football in general. But mm-hmm. I mean, the win over Auburn was big. And for how long? Since literally since about 1960, they've been a bottom feeder. When you talk about worst teams in college football, you always <coughs> refer to New Mexico State or when Idaho was in the FBS, one of them. Yeah. And for what they did this year, I don't think people really realize the significance of how good they were and you know, the, the heights that kill was able to take this team. Yeah, you're right. I mean, just being beating Auburn was just huge for them. I mean, that's gotta be such a momentum builder. Um, yeah. And they, they didn't beat Auburn. They kicked the crap out of them at Jordan hair. Yeah. I, I thought you I mean, were there's, say- a, there's a, there's a difference between going there and, Oh, we won that game. And like, and looking at the score and like, wait, what happened? Did ESPN screw up the score bug? There's no way. Yeah, yeah, I thought you were gonna say they didn't beat them at all, and I was like, "Oh, let me go fact check myself." But <laughs> yeah, me doubting myself for a second. Um, my bad, my bad. Did you watch Cal Texas Tech? Uh, I was in Niagara Falls at that point. I did not get to see too much of that. Yeah, uh, again, so I was at work for this game. I was listening to some of it, but um, just disappointing by Cal, man. Just, I mean, Texas Tech is a good program, though. Especially, I think they had a lot of their players playing the bowl game, so. Not too shocking. Um, I had See, Cal. I take, so. I take the opposite approach there. I don't think it was disappointing by Cal. I think it was impressive by Texas Tech. Yeah, Cal I mean, wasn't really playing that bad from <coughs> the highlights that I've seen and and going back and watching a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. It it showed what Texas Tech has the potential to be. Granted, Cal's not you know a Texas or mm-hmm. uh, a Georgia or anything, but still, that's a solid program that they beat. So, like I said, neither one of us really watched uh, too much of this one. But one thing I can see here that I'm looking now is it seems that Texas Tech's defense, I mean, look, punt, 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 INT, turnover on downs, fumble, INT, INT. It seems like Texas Tech's defense actually like, dominated this game. Yeah, but Cal's a team that's not known for its offense. But to flip that, their defense is what gets them most of the time. And Texas Tech was able to throw all over them. Yeah, I mean – I said, I'm such a big Joey McGuire fan. Like you said earlier, I think what he's doing at Texas Tech is it's so impressive, man. He's going to be a good coach them for a very long time. And if you remember when he got hired, there were people that were like doubting. I mean, not Texas Tech fans, people who know about Texas football, but outsiders were someone were doubting. Texas is definitely the weirdest state when it comes to football because you have to have connections there. You have to know people. Mm-hmm. And like I said earlier, people laughed at this because he was a high school coach, but he's got those connections. He knows who to call. He knows where to go. Mm-hmm. And and we're starting to see that now. Yeah, I said he's going to be great for them. This recruiting class he's brought in is good. And that bowl win just has to feel a little extra good for him. Just having, you know, just being able to see the results that what you're doing is working. 
I worry he's not going to be there long term. Like, I think maybe only another two or so years before. I don't want to say Texas, because I think if Sar- if Sarkeesian keeps like he's rolling, that's going to be good. But if Elko falls on his face at AM, why not McGuire? Yeah, I mean, he's probably, like you said, very good point. If Elko falls on his face, Joey McGuire is the man to hire. But then again, we just saw at Texas A&M what happens when you have a good recruiter and you really just can't put the pieces together. How many top classes did Texas Tech just have? Especially, I think 2021 was the number one overall class. And there's nobody <laughs> left on that team. That was only two years ago. Yeah. To be honest, I think the whole Jimbo Fisher hire, I was never a fan of it from the start. It always just seemed like a weird fit for me. And uh, I, I, I'm, oh, not, definitely. I'm, not, I'm not glad he flamed out, but I, I also am. After that stupid contract they gave him, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't, you know, kind of hoping it wouldn't work out. And I need you to remember something, too. Not just the ridiculous contract that Jimbo Fisher got, but at his introductory press conference, they gave him a blank national championship. Oh Do you God. remember this? I, remember. I, I seen a picture of this the other day. Yes. It, it wasn't only a blank national championship. It was the FCS championship. It wasn't even the one he's playing for. Oh my god, that just shows. Is how- that not a bad that- omen right off the bat? Yes, I-, I forgot all about that. I'm so glad you brought that up. So not only did they give him a blank check, they gave him a blank championship, but the wrong championship. You give him a trophy that he's not even playing for. Oh my That's god, just insanity. Imagine the New York Yankees finally hire their next big manager, and at the introductory press conference, they give him the Stanley Cup. <laughs> that's that's essentially what we just did here. They give him Lord Stanley. <laughs> oh my God, that'd be great. Yeah, that, that's that's just inept. That's all it is. Just just inept. Um, and that's unfortunately what Texas A&M has been over the last few years, a, a while actually. Yeah. Um. So the other game I want to talk about. I've never had a tweet age so poorly. I woke up yesterday. <laughs> I knew a Syracuse game was on. I said, Syracuse wins a football game tonight. Uh, they did not. Sir, I don't even think Syracuse played a football game last night based off the score. Uh, some, some would argue they did not. I mean, 45 so nothing. Full disclosure here. You texted me about this game last night. And uh-huh. I had this game on TV. I was watching it. And you texted me about Syracuse. And I said, who is Syracuse playing? I was I was not feeling good last night. I was getting rocked by a migraine. Oh, and after no. you said they're playing South Florida in a bowl game, I looked at the TV. I'm like, oh, you mean the one I'm watching? <laughs> so I I unfortunately don't have much that I can you know share in this game. Yeah. So I was out last night. I went to the Devils game. That was arguably worse than this score. But um, yeah, just disappointing. There's probably Syracuse fans that can't wait to get Fran Brown and his guys going. But uh, hopefully this is the last of a dead era of Syracuse football. In Syracuse's defense, they had a lot of guys not there. <coughs> a lot of guys opted out. A lot of guys huh. left. And they were without their coach. So I don't want to say it was expected because mm-hmm. I don't think even South Florida's diehard fans expected a 45 nothing ass-kicking. But, I mean, well, the it's one not thing, surprising that Syracuse lost. Yeah, the one thing, too, is Garrett Schrader was out. He had a uh, surgery. So they were running a wildcat quarterback the entire game, and uh, who knows? Who knew that you can't install a wildcat offense in about two weeks? Can I just say that the wildcat offense is the absolute dumbest offense still in football? <laughs> that should have died in the nineties. It never works anymore. Why are we still trying it? 
it blows my mind when I see professionals at the NFL level still do it because you yeah. know, all right, best case, we're going to gain two yards. Worst case, whoever's got the ball is going to dance in the backfield and we're losing four. Why are we yeah. still doing this? Well, I just don't get is like, how you not have another quarterback on the roster that fits your style of offense? Like, what happened to the other guy that after Schrader went down, it was all right, wildcat time it is? Like, yeah, I mean, at that point, just go grab the popcorn guy from section 152 and let's see what can happen. Yeah, right. I mean, like, where is the like, because what if Schrader went down during the season? Was your plan just, you know, like, let's go wildcat if that happens? Well, I think a lot, of, I think the other quarterbacks transferred out. Didn't they? Didn't didn't they leave? Oh, I didn't. I don't. I, I'm gonna be honest. I true. I was mostly concerned with incoming transfers to Syracuse, so I'm not too sure. But I don't think they had any guys transfer out. But a quarterback. I could be wrong though. I, I could be wrong. Um. Okay, so maybe I'm mixing up teams here. But who was it that had to pay their quarterback to stay to play in a bowl game? I thought. It oh was my Syracuse. god! No, that was Western Kentucky. <laughs> that was Western Kentucky. The kid no, who pulled off the comeback. I don't think it was them. I thought it was a Power Five team. Uh, uh, maybe, but I know the Western Kentucky kid that led the comeback that we were talking about before. He's in the portal. I, I saw that that he was like he only played the bowl game, threw five touchdowns while he was in the portal. He was just putting on a. Uh, he was in business for himself. Hey, that's a great audition. <laughs> he saw the score and he was like, "I was going to throw in the ball and get us back in this one." Yep, time to take over. Yeah. All right, so the last ball game I want to talk about real quick is uh, this one that's live right now. I believe you have it on the background. Um, I do. I do, but it's behind me, so I'm just going to bring it up here. Um, 14-3 UCF. <coughs> I took UCF to cover in this one, and uh, so far it's looking good. Someone uh, made a comment earlier about Haynes King. Do you think he has a future at the next level? At the next level? Um, not in the NFL. I could see him thriving in the Canadian League. Okay. Um, I, I didn't consider that, so maybe maybe you're right about that. His one passing yard, though, not looking great right now. No, I would have taken Georgia Tech to win this game, so I'm kind of surprised <clears throat> at how this is going right now. Yeah. Uh, I said I was taking UCF, but – well, I did take UCF. But, um, yeah, I mean, Gus Walzane, he's very hit or miss coach. I'm not sure he's going to be the guy long-term at UCF, but he, he's done all right there, I, I guess. Malzahn doesn't strike me as a Big 12 guy. Yeah, I'm not the biggest Gus Malzahn guy. Uh, like I said, I, I'm not sure he's the guy, but I'm glad to see they're winning a bowl game. And they, they always have some talented players lately. Javon Baker, I just saw he's an Alabama transfer. He announced he's coming back today for UCF, so that's pretty good. He's their best receiver. UCF um, was was pretty good in their first year in the Big 12. I mean, 6-6, six and six, it's not bad. <coughs> it's a significant step up in competition. Yeah, uh, do, do you want to talk maybe uh, quickly about some of these games tomorrow? Yeah. Okay, so tomorrow we have uh, – we'll, we'll just rapid fire them. How about that? The the Sounds Camellia good. Bowl, Arkansas State versus Northern Illinois. Uh, I would go Northern Illinois in that. I think I'm going to go with you. Uh, the Birmingham Bowl, that's also at noon. Troy versus Duke. I'm going to take Troy with the upset. <laughs> Troy's a sneaky good team, and Duke without Leonard, I think Troy pulls it off. I said today that Troy is the second-best team in the state of Alabama. I stand by that. I think they're going to beat Duke, and they're going to have they're going to cap their phenomenal season with a Birmingham Bowl win. And Do you it's have in Alabama. That game? Do you have uh, the spread for that game? Oh, well, let's get it. Let's uh, Troy Duke spread. Let me pull it up. Uh, can you see this right now or no? 
Just I cannot. Okay, I, I didn't think you could. Um. Okay, well, it would be nice if I saw Troy, right? Um. All right, Troy, seven and a half point favorites. Wow. Okay, so I was not expecting that to be the case either. <laughs> so it may not be an upset, being that they're touchdown favorites, but I still like Troy. Yeah, I do. Okay, then in that case, I'll be bold and I'll take Troy to cover. Yeah, I think I think they cover. Uh, Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. I said last episode, never betting on these guys again. So I'm going with JMU. They're playing Air Force. I would go James Madison also, but it freaks me out ever having to bet against or on a triple option team. It's true, but I said I've been on Air Force twice this year, and it was two of their losses. So that, that that's me done with Air Force. Um, also, sorry to sorry to jump in on this so randomly, but like you said, I got the UCF game on in the background. It is driving me absolutely nuts that there's no team logos or anything in the end zones. Yeah, you know, uh, I think college football campus tours they tweeted a picture of that, and I saw it, and I was like, this this is stupid. Like, why is there nothing in the end zones? I, I don't, look, I don't like how it looks. Put something back there, anything. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I hate how that looks. Famous Idaho Potato Bowl, a very underrated bowl game. Georgia State versus Utah State. Utah State, not even close. I'm going Georgia State. Wow, okay. I'm going Georgia State. So that's the first one we've disagreed on so far. Uh, I've never heard of this bowl game before, the 68 Ventures Bowl. South Alabama versus Eastern Michigan. Give me South Alabama. Two very disappointing teams. I think I had Central Michigan in the preseason playing for the MAC championship. No, Eastern and- Or Yeah, Eastern Michigan, I'm sorry. And okay. South Alabama I thought was going to be a contender in their league also. I was a believer in Kane Womack, and I still am. I think South Alabama gets it also. Awesome. All right. Uh, the SRS – some of these bowl games, we got to get better names for them. The <laughs> SRS Distribution Bowl versus Utah and Northwestern. Give me Utah. Yeah, give me Utah. And Northwestern might only score – might only account for like 150 yards in this game. It's going to uh, be ugly defensive game. You might get good odds on that one if you take Northwestern over 150 yards. Um, and then the last one, the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl, 10.30 tomorrow night. Coastal Carolina versus San Jose State. Give me San Jose State. We talked about this last time. I'm really looking forward to this game. Give me San Jose State and UCLA's next coach, Brent Brennan. I love that. Uh, this is going to be a good game. Like I said, I, tomorrow night I work at 7. I will definitely be watching this game. Probably have to put a bet on it. But um, I like San Jose State too. Um, look, looking forward, this is another game I'm very – just last one I want to talk about. I we talked about some last week. The Military Bowl. Virginia Tech Tulane. Sneaky game. I'm excited for that one. Very interesting. Do you have the spread on that one also? Uh, I could pull it up. So uh, VT versus Tulane spread. Virginia Tech was kind of an interesting team this year. I kind of expected them to go to a bowl, <coughs> but it, it was interesting to watch their development. They were clearly a better team this year than they were last year. And so, Virginia, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I didn't mean to interrupt. It's my fault. Uh, Tulane was one of the classes of the group of five. I think Tulane's going to win this. So, you'd actually be picking the uh, 11 and 2 Tulane is four and a half point dogs to six and six Virginia Tech. I, I don't hate that. I, I like, I think I'm going to go Tulane. They're 10 is, point, they're 10 point dogs. What say? Is Michael Pratt playing? Uh, I don't believe so. I, th- I think he opted out. 
but I'm going mm. to Jack. Mm, okay. Um. Well, that might change things, though. It might. Uh, yeah, it's a, they're going to be without him. It says uh, Tulane without uh, quarterback Michael Pratt. Um, yeah, he, he missed. I think he had a knee injury that he's uh, not playing because of. So it's going to be Kai Horton, I think, who's starting for them. You know what? Screw it. They're more than just a quarterback team. Give me Tulane. Yes. They are, oh, by the way, they're 10 and a half point dogs now. That is the – right now they're 10 and a half points. That is plus 310. I think I like Tulane. You're doing your best to try to talk me out of this, aren't you? I'm going. I'm, I'm with you. We're, we're in the same sinking ship. If the green wave go down, <laughs> we're getting swept away with them. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So the last uh, thing you want to talk about this episode is only at 30 minutes, so it's not we're not too pressed for time. But you wanted to talk about our friend Cole Snyder. Yeah, Cole Snyder, who I thought was a lock to go to Syracuse until Kyle McCord transferred there. Mm-hmm. I have a potential landing spot for him that I would like to hear your thoughts on because being a former Rutgers guy, you know, Snyder very well. And I, first of all, I need to preface this by asking, do you think he'd be willing to take a step down? A step down from Buffalo? Yes. Uh, I, I think he just wants to play. I think he's a, I said, I talked to him. He wanted to play close to home. That was the thing for him. So I don't know. If, where this school is located because you haven't told me yet. But I think even, if it was the right situation, I think he would maybe do it. Even better because I don't think Vanderbilt's a great situation for him. Yes, right. you're gonna be you're gonna be able to tell your grandkids, yeah, I played Alabama, I played Georgia. That's great. But wouldn't you rather tell them, hey, I was at the FCS level and we were a national championship contender. Okay. Why why not Delaware? Delaware is the absolute perfect situation for him. It's it's close to home. They went nine and three this year. They played three different quarterbacks. So clearly they need a little bit of stability at this at the position. Mm-hmm. 2024 is also their final year at the FCS level before 25 when they transition to the FBS. He can have a player coach kind of role where he's on the field training his guys how to be properly prepared for a step up in competition that they're going to see in 25 have them know what to expect, know what to do, the rights, the wrongs, the in, the outs. He's played Penn State. He's played Ohio State when he was at Rutgers. Mm-hmm. He played really well against Wisconsin with Buffalo early in the year this year. So yeah. I think Delaware is like the perfect situation for him. I don't hate that. that. That's a good – that's really good for him. I think, like you said, they're a step up. They need a quarterback, so that check. Close to home, check. I feel like that would be a pretty good landing spot for him. It checks all the boxes, and he's got both Power 5 and Group of 5 experience. Experience is something that you absolutely cannot teach and you cannot have enough of. If he gets those guys knowing what they're in for, Delaware, I think, could be one of the top Group of 5 programs, and I think they can do it quick. Yeah, so you're thinking they're kind of like a JMU kind of thing. Yeah, I think they can come in like James Madison did or or Western Kentucky back in the day where they were pretty good right away. Yeah, uh, you know, speaking of that, you brought in a good thing about uh, you talked about Cole Snyder. I saw Casey Thompson enter the uh, portal. I wonder where he's going to end up because I feel like he's a talented player. Uh, he was at where he was at Texas, then he was at Nebraska, right? I think at Nebraska and FAU. Yep. Yeah, I yeah, wonder so where he's going to end up. This is his fourth team, right? Yeah, I think so. But he, I think he's a damn good football player. Like, he's um, been all over the map and. 
just off the top of my head, I don't know why, but I'm picturing him being a good fit at Oregon State. They need a quarterback. It's good experience there. Oregon State's kind of on an island all by themselves. I know they have the scheduling partnership with um, with the, the Mountain West. And Washington State, I feel like, is more stable. Oregon State lost everything. Their coach, their coordinators, their quarterback, their conference. Washington State's a little more stable, but I think Casey Thompson will bring something to Oregon State that they are clearly going to be lacking next year. Yeah. Yeah, so right here it says they got uh, Idaho's quarterback. I admit I know nothing about this guy, uh, Oregon State. But, yeah, bringing in two guys to compete, that team means everything. They lost a lot of guys. Uh, one thing I want to talk about was where is he r- real quick. Dante Moore going to Oregon. That was big for them. Um, I'm just trying to add like five more minutes uh, here so we get to like 40 minutes. Daquan Finn going to Bauer. That was big. Daquan just- Finn going to Baylor is huge. I absolutely love that move. Finn is probably the best player in the country that nobody really talks about. Um, if you're a fan of Maxion, you know he's good. But seeing what he can do at Baylor, <clears throat> I mean, like, I, I don't want to throw this comparison out there because it's crazy, but maybe another RG3? I don't hate that. He's very good. I I had Finn ranked above McCord in my uh, my wrote that article about the quarterbacks. I think he's a very good football player. I I, I don't know how fair we're judging McCord because I think McCord's a good quarterback, but Ohio State's been so spoiled at the position for so long. They had a third string guy come off the bench and go and win them the national championship. So their standards are insanely high at quarterback, but it can be because year after year, They've maintained that standard. McCord wasn't at that level, but he was still a pretty good quarterback. They won games with him. He knew how to win, how to manage the game. I think McCord's a a good pickup for Syracuse, and I don't really think he's that bad. I think we're a little harsh on him. You're not wrong. Ohio State's so spoiled that quarterback. Um, And like you said, they've had the run they've been on with quarterbacks, Fields, Stroud, like. You're right. The a slightest dip in QB play, and they're probably they're throwing a riot. And that's pretty much what we saw. I mean, they were a win for against Michigan away from making the playoff, and everybody was freaking out about the quarterback position. Yeah, and he I hate you said he didn't really play that bad. A lot of those games where the play calling from Ryan Day this season, I watched a few Ohio State games and I apologize for profanity, but the play calling was shit from him. I don't think he really did much to help McCord out. No, and I think we're starting to see the kind of coach that Ryan Day is now. And I don't want to anger Ohio State fans, but I'm not sure he's at the level that an Ohio State coach should be. Uh, there's one thing that I would say about Ryan Day, and uh, it's a little bit of a harsher, harsher stance than you took. Um, and I, I'm going to read the whole quote here. Um, there it is. Some people are born on third base and act like they fit a triple. That, that, that's I think that describes him perfectly. Yeah, and not only was he born on third base, he might actually turn out to be a pinch runner on top of everything else. Not even a pinch runner. I think he was on third and actually ran back to second base. <laughs> and now because he and now because he can't beat Michigan, he's caught in a rundown. Yeah, yeah, he's in a rundown, running back to second. So this is terrible. <laughs> um. I think yeah. I think I think Ryan Day is a good coach, but I like I said I don't know if he's at the level that an Ohio State coach should be. Well, that's the problem, right? To be an Ohio State head coach, they don't hire good coaches there. Or good coaches don't last at Ohio State. You got to be a good coach. 
there's there's nothing wrong with being comparable to James Franklin. And to me, he's James Franklin with an Ohio State recruiting background. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't. I think that's a good comparison. I just think for a guy who's known for offense, the offense has to be better. No, especially like that game against Notre Dame. They just looked horrible on offense. They looked like they didn't even know what they were doing. It didn't get better throughout the season. That's my problem. It's like you're a guy known for offense. Simplify from things. Get something going. You can't have a bad offense all year. <clears throat> but they did, and they made it through. But they're lucky because the defense was so damn good. Yeah, well, that's because Jim Knowles is an incredible coach. But Ryan Day, he got to figure, especially with Marvin Harrison Jr., that offense should have been better than it was. Um, I, th- I think that's it for me. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no, I, I'm I'm happy that uh, to touch on the NFL for a minute. I'm happy that the Buffalo Bills are finally hitting their stride. Uh, I'm not saying we're going to the Super Bowl after <laughs> kicking the crap out of the Cowboys, but I did call fanatics to see when my T-shirt's going to ship. So, go Bills. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Josh Allen uh, is an incredible guy. Lost, I lost my fantasy playoffs last week, so that that was terrible for me. But Ugh. the Bills, the Bills are back. Might be back. The Bills uh, are not only back, but they're better than ever. You said you ordered a T-shirt? The Super Bowl T-shirt. Oh, did you send a thank you card to Kadarius Tony? <laughs> Kadarius Tony has cost them so many games. He cost them the Lions game. Um, he cost them the Bills game. <laughs> he was offsides the whole game, too. I don't want to hear crap from you Kansas City fans about, oh, it's the ref's job to tell him. No, it wasn't. No, it's You've his been job. On this. It's his job to check. No, I haven't been sitting on it. I just keep seeing crap on Twitter about it. The, the Chiefs fans are not used to losing. They were a crap franchise for how many years in a row? They finally get a generational quarterback who I'm happy to admit I wanted him in Buffalo. I was so mad when the Bills traded the pick that Kansas City used to draft Mahomes. <coughs> but now, out of nowhere, Kansas City's acting like they've been the New England Patriots for the last 40 years. They don't know how to handle losing. They forgot what it's like to lose. Well, get used to it now with guys like Tony on your team who can't even catch a cold. Dude drops everything. <laughs> and how many drops has he had that's led to Mahomes' interceptions? Why is he still throwing to Tony? I just want to – just every time I look at this picture, it looks like he's moved up an inch every time I look. He's so far off sides on this play that, like, they had to call it. He's almost lined up next to the defensive end. He's almost in the parking lot right now. Yeah, I mean, look, he's almost like – Bleep that, like, please. <laughs> what do you say? Bleep that, please. <laughs> oh, I, I, I will. But that's so bad. He's so far off sides. And, yeah, it's, I, it's I not a he, he, he did it all game. Was Von Miller offsides the next play? Yes, he was. But you know what? It's about time a call goes Buffalo's <coughs> way because don't forget that atrocity against Philadelphia a couple weeks ago where Josh Allen gets tackled horse-collared, his jersey rips, and he gets called for a penalty. Are you kidding yeah. me? This goes far beyond the Buffalo Bills. NFL referees are so atrociously and egregiously bad. I wish I could suck as bad at my job as NFL referees do. Yeah, me too. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if your doctor was as bad at their job as NFL referees are at theirs? And yes, I know I know NFL refs have real jobs. I know some of them are lawyers and and doctors and teachers and all this crap. Great. Maybe that's Fix the problem. It. Find a way to fix it. Do you remember a few years ago when we had the replacement refs? Oh, my God. The replacement refs was not this bad. <coughs> the, the, the Golden Tate touchdown against Green Bay was a I was going there. Bad. 
it was bad. But it's not week after week like we're seeing now. Every single week, there's something you see on Twitter. And it's not just one call a week. It's multiple things. Why are we putting up with this? The NFL is a billion-dollar industry. Billion dollars. How much money did they get from Amazon? They're on YouTube now. Do dude, something. Dude, Hire full-time referees. Don't even get me started. I hate that the NFL is on uh, Amazon Prime on Thursdays. The other no, day, I, I was is... off for work on Thursday. I sat down with my dad. I was like, oh, yeah, what's watching football? Looking through the TV, and I was like, it's on Amazon Prime. No, the stream from Amazon sucks. I'm not a fan of it. But the one thing I will say, the one redeemable quality about NFL on Thursday nights is I absolutely love the Kirk Street L. Michaels team. Yeah, I, I like Kirk in the end. I think Kirk is just a very good – he's a guy I want to hear talk about football. That's what it is. The one thing I don't like is I don't like them stealing him from college. True. He's way more serious want, for the college game. I, I don't want him to go to the NFL because that's too big of a loss for college announcing. Yeah, If, if he can do both like he's doing now, more power to him. That's awesome. But I really don't want to see him go from game day and from the Saturday night ABC game. You know, I think this is actually the only guy that could save the NFL referees. Gene territory. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Rehire him, put him in charge of the refs, have him discipline the bad calls. Yeah, well, he's too busy now getting calls wrong when he's reviewing them on CBS. <laughs> You're not a Gene territory guy? No, I'm not an NFL ref guy in general. It's atrocious. Who? Who's the other one? Who's the other one that they uh, bring in? Uh... The other like rules analysts. There's Gene Steratore and uh, I can't. Oh, uh, Mike, 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 uh, Mike Pereira. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the other one. Yeah. Oh, let's, let's bring in our rules expert. Oh, as you can see here, the ball hits the ground. Like, uh, yeah, that's yeah. another thing that aggravates me. It's 2023, and we still don't know what it catches yet. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But um, yeah, I'm I'm ready yeah. to wrap it up. Maybe we'll do an episode uh next week. Sounds great, and I, I I apologize for that little outburst there, but my God, give me a break! Oh no, you know, thank you. We're using Streamyard now, so I could like put a duck noise over that when you talk. I could just like. <laughs> so you're gonna say that it's gonna be a quack? Can you put a train horn in because it's the Bills' third down sound? Yes, just put a train horn over it. Yes, we can put a train horn. <laughs> I appreciate that. All right. Well, you have a great Christmas. Hope everyone listening has a great Christmas, and I'll see you next week, Sonny. Sounds good, man. Take care. You too.